0: Hey there, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Well, I'm not particularly optimistic about the sound quality on this one, because I literally, literally yesterday, got my MacBook Pro back from Apple after the second logic board replacement, um, knowing full well that the issues with my computer aren't just that the logic board is defective, but that the whole 16-inch MacBook Pro is cramming way too much power. It's just... It's broken by design. Like, is my convinced? I'm convinced of that. That notwithstanding, got it back, did a clean reinstall. Well, clean from Time Machine. Weirdly enough, first time I tried to restore from Time Machine, no success at all. I've done it three times since, each time worked. I don't think I did anything different. As far as I know, did exactly the same procedure. <laughs> Couldn't do it one time. Worked for like perfectly well the other times. The difference is also though one of the times I restored, I had to reinstall a bunch of stuff. And the other time I restored, most of that stuff seemed to already be there. And again, I don't know what the fuck I did differently. I, as far as I can tell, I didn't do anything different, which is kind of disturbing. But that notwithstanding, wiped it, reinstalled it yesterday um, and set up Logic. And literally on opening Logic, I set up the, you know, the, the new file for this recording and Logic, well, Logic didn't crash, the whole computer, the whole computer crashed. Um, standard crash, which I've seen a thousand times with uh, the series of MacBook Pros. Uh, the thing is super hot. Um, the fan goes <laughs> for a second and then it reboots. Um, it, it, it is such a flaming turd. Like I'm, I'm honestly just, and, and the thing that disgusts me the most about it, and again, I, I don't mean to make all of these about this, but same fucking thing with the fucking Democrats. It's like, okay, you have Microsoft or the Republicans that you can go to who suck even worse, and then your one And then you have like some minority stuff that doesn't really work or it's, you know, like, okay, you can go to the Green Party, probably not going to have an impact. You know, I I, like I can vote for Howie in the presidential election, Uh, maybe. Actually, I don't even know if he's, if they have ballot access in Arizona. The last time I checked, they didn't. But uh, if they do, if he's there, I vote for him and best case scenario, you get a few percent. Maybe you get 5% and they get national law. bumps them to the next level of funding and such, but it's pretty much it. You're just making a statement. And and pushing punishing yourself in the process. Or you can go with the Democrats, who also suck, but they suck less and they can they have a chance of winning. It's just like I'm I'm a pragmatic person, generally speaking. I think if you're an engineer you kind of have to be. But this is not pragmatism. This is like um you know it's just I I don't know, I hate this lesser of two evils, which is also the greater of two goods kind of thing. It's very reductivist, it seems very oversimplified. Uh, But I do think, like, you know, there's a threshold, right? There's like, the Republicans are so fucking shitty. The Democrats are marginally less shitty. And then there's what I would consider to be an acceptable compromise, which is way, way more than the Democrats. And then there's what i would actually like you know it's not like i'm saying i want everything you know i'm saying what i would ideally like is here i'm willing to accept this and you're giving me something that is just pathetic and inexcusable so anyway you'll know while listening to this if the sound quality is terrible this one unlike one a couple weeks ago i'm actually going to push out either way because I just I don't want to lose the cadence and also, you know, um, I don't know. So I, I apologize if it's shitty. If it's not shitty, then I'm just blathering on about nothing. I have a lot of stuff to talk about today and not a ton of time to do it, which probably, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is Grant DeMihara. Um, he was, was actually an engineer on Mythbusters. If um, you're familiar with the show, you probably know him. Um, He died of an aneurysm uh, yesterday and it's just crazy. I mean, it's just one of these things, I don't know, I guess as you, I never really was under the delusion that I was immortal in any way. Um, When I was a kid though, you know, there's a point where you don't really think about it and there's a point where you become aware, um, like mortality as a concept kind of enters your mind. It wasn't that I didn't, that I, thought that I was going to live forever it was just that the before a certain age and a certain level of awareness or metacognition never really got the idea that that was a thing just didn't come in and then it comes online and you're like Ew. and for a long time i had that awareness but i didn't have sort of the practical reality of it and it's a, it's an interesting thing cuz i remember when i was when i was younger so Grant was a little bit older than me, uh, but not that much, like kind of getting to striking distance, uh, younger than my friend Gil. And my friend Gil is not, is not old. So it's like, ugh, you know, you're, you start, starts kind of giving you a little pause. But the one that I think about the most weirdly is Shakira. And I know that's a weird thing to, it like seems kind of out of the blue, but, Shakira is someone who I was aware of. She's, I think a year or two older than me, but damn near my age. And, you know, like, especially when you're younger, a year or two makes a difference. When you're my age, it's like, you know, comes out in the wash. So I was aware of her when I was like uh, in my early 20s. And, you know, you see her first albums or first music videos at that time. And she's like 19 or 20. Um, and you're like watching this stuff, and that's a data point in your mind. And now I see her, and she's like in her mid 40s, and she's, you know, I mean, I've seen, there have been a lot of people who've kind of come in and gone out, but for the most part, there's not this continuity. Uh, But with her, she's had so many albums over time and so many videos, and she's kind of, she's like, kind of like Madonna, but much better in terms of actual singing and uh, you know, musical abilities, but she keeps kind of reinventing herself. Um, so not like Madonna, except for the reinventing herself, but very, you know, she, she's amazing in Spanish and English and also like French and Portuguese. Very few people can manage that, but you know, I would see her and then I can kind of look back over the various things and every few years, you have like a blip, comes on the radar. Maybe even every year or two. New thing, new thing, new thing. And so there's this continuity and it's very easy to kind of conceptualize that as an arc. And first off, also, it's not even that long. I mean, you think about it, it's like 20ish years. Um, it's kind of a depressing thing given how short human lifetimes are, but 20ish years, it when you're 20, it seems like a long time maybe, but. At my age, you know, kind of experience things on a geological timescale, it's not even a blink. It's like, wow. You know, I look back to where I was 20 years ago, uh, or 25 years ago, whenever. And the difference in terms of time and place is a lot, but it also seems like yesterday. And I know, like, people will be 80 or 90 and have the same kind of experience, but probably more so. Uh, It's like you know. I remember you talk to your grandma, and she's like, "I remember being a little girl," and you're like, "Wow, that's um, it." Tells you something, and you don't quite appreciate. It's it's one of those things, you don't quite appreciate it at the time. I mean, you you hear it, you understand it to some extent, you even assimilate it, but you don't fully like grok it. You don't feel it in the same way, and then you know the last like five years especially, I've started becoming much more aware of that in the sense that. Not that I was aware of it I wasn't aware of it before, but now it just feels more real. I'm more, uh, I feel it more than just understand it from a conceptual perspective. And it just kind of, I don't know, it's it's interesting. It's depressing also in some sense, but it, um, you know, it it sort of puts a different twist on things. Like, And, and then also actually the thing that really fucks with me, um, you know, like if you look at Back to the Future, it's a stupid example, I guess, but 2015 was five years ago. Back to the Future, I think, was 1985. Um, and it was, so 1985, 95, 20, 2005, 2015, 30 years. So when Back to the Future came out, they went back 30 years to 1955. And you think about it, well, 1955 from 1985 looks ancient, but it's also only 30 years. And then you think about it and it's like, well, fuck, 2015, now again, five years ago, it's 30, the same distance. We're further from the original Back to the Future than they were from 1985, 1955. It fucks with my mind a little bit. You know, it's just a, it, it also, I guess, I mean, this is a, this is a weird, Related thing and not at all related thing, but I'm, I've been studying control theory a lot recently, and you know, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts for a long time about nonlinear stuff and uh, you know, kind of ways to deal with nonlinear systems. If you if you understand linear systems, so linear systems are ones where you can take they, they have this amazing property that uh, you can take. To, and they're not things that you normally would think of as linear before you study linear systems, but a linear system, or the ones that classical control theory addresses, which are typically linear and time-invariant. So the system is the same at any point in time. And they're linear, which means that you can take any solution and any other solution and combine them in any mixture, and that's also a solution. There's more to it than that, but that's kind of the essence of it. And that gives you, it it doesn't sound like much, but once you have that, you can basically, in a very real sense, fully characterize and understand those linear systems. If you, you know, you can take a basis set of functions, like a Fourier series, like a bunch of sine and cosine functions, or exponential functions if you like complex numbers. And I I think actually the exponentials are better, but we we study the sine and cosine first because. It's easier, I guess, to deal with reals. And the exponentials, you have this sort of spiral through the complex plane. You have uh, you know, real and imaginary numbers and then the value kind of going through spiraling around. If you look at sine and cosine, they're waves, right? I mean, these are waves also, but yeah. And these waves are 90 degrees out of phase. So you have the sine and the cosine following each other. And you take those at different frequencies. So you take a baseline, which is like the smallest wave that fits between two points, and then you double the frequency, and then you triple the frequency, and you quadruple it and so on. So you get more and more of those in that space. If you set up an equation where any of those is a solution, then in some sense, and and this goes to the linear thing, in some sense, you understand the system fully because any solution will be expressible as a sum of some number, like some weighting of each one of these. And this is something like I would co- I, I, I've would covered it so many times in my life. Like the first time you get introduced to it, uh, you start understanding it a little bit, but you, it doesn't really click. And I was very lucky because as an undergrad, I took, linear algebra at the same time I was taking calculus and differential equations and the the combination of those, it was a not the first semester of calculus I think the second or third but the combination of those really helped me like uh, take these things which are fundamentally the same concepts and just kind of associate them in a way that if they were more separated I probably wouldn't have made Maybe I would have, but I wouldn't have necessarily had the clicking at the same time and, or quite as well. And so I really started to understand, like, you know, if, if you have these linear time-invariant systems, you can basically understand them, at least by and large. I mean, they still have a lot of, like a very rich amount of behavior, but you can solve them and you've kind of solved them. You can take, and, and if you go to classical control theory, if you have one of these, there are, there are several ways to, to approach this, but basically you do something called the Laplace transform. So you take it from the time domain into this domain where it's, it's kind of like the frequency domain, kind of like um, putting it, like doing a Fourier transform. In fact, they're very related, but different. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to wave my hands without like, hopefully I'm not confusing you or annoying you. If you, underst- if you understand this stuff, then you can kind of grasp gloss by it. If you don't understand it, I'm trying to give you enough context that it doesn't sound like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, but feel free to be a little bit, yeah uh, Yeah, you know, I would say like you're in the ocean and you know how to swim, but you've not spent a lot of time in the ocean. And right now the waves are maybe crashing over you a little bit and you're kind of okay, but you're kind of like, yeah, you get, you're getting like the first taste of it. Um, if you're advanced, you know, Gil is listening to this, I'm sure he's lis- or he's studied this stuff well enough that it's like, you know, okay, I, I totally know this stuff and you're spending too much time on it. But nonetheless, if you take these things and you kind of understand it in this sense, the the cool thing is with classical control theory and it, the uh, weird thing is also you kind of understand it fully, but even understanding the linear systems, the linear time invariant systems, it's not a completely straightforward answer, how to design a controller or a compensator. There's, don't worry about the differences between those, but how to design a thing that you can plug into that to make it do what you want. Uh, there are lots of options, but you can kind of understand how they're gonna work. You can understand what your goals are and what you're trying to do. And when, when I first started learning about control theory, you know, you'd learn about, um, the first thing you kind of learn about and the thing that I think a lot of people stop at is something called PID control. So basically here you take um, the system, some measurement that you're trying to control and you have the position that you want, or the position being like the state, you want it to get here. And you have this error, which is the difference between these two. Now, PID control means you take, well, the, the P part is proportional, so, you take that error and you multiply that by some number and you use that to drive the system. And that that works somewhat. And then the integral term, so that's like take the integral of the error over time and that will help you, so like the, the P alone will get you close, but you'll always have this steady state error. The integral term, so the steady state error is like even after infinite time there's always some separation. The integral term can get you all the way there, and well, but might have some stability issues. And the differential term, which is you take the change in that error over time, you can use that to kind of add friction to it, to not only get to a steady state, but not overshoot too much and not like oscillate or blow up. And so that's a very super hand wavy high level, example of pid control and so i you know you learn about that and it seems very simple and straightforward and kind of obvious in retrospect as as most things do and you know a long time ago learned about that and i learned a bit about like state space and uh, i would hear these things like polls and the s domain and the you know all, all of this other stuff i'm intentionally not going into what those are But just, I would hear these. Didn't really make that much sense. And then, yeah, you'd kind of know, well, okay, there's this thing called a lag compensator and a lead compensator, and they're full state control. And you kind of get, even from the terms, a little bit of concept of what they are, but you don't really know what they are. That was like my 20-year-old sort of Shakira. um, oh The very early early songs of hers and the videos and stuff, you'd see that. And then, you yeah, know, you get another pass at it. And the, the next pass, you kind of put a little bit more together and you get another pass at it and you put a little bit more together and you start kind of building up this picture, like this mental understanding of something. And which incidentally, I do not claim anywhere near comprehensive understanding of this. This is a very rich subject, even just the linear part. But, you know, and then you start, like you have, you're painting it over many, many times and you start realizing, oh, well that PID stuff and that weird uh, stuff in this S plane, they're actually related. In fact, they're actually really related. And you start understanding like, oh, well, this is what, this is exactly all you're doing with those PID terms in this sort of, classical theory. And you start connecting this stuff. Like you're getting pieces of the puzzle. You're putting this part together. You got the sky over here. You got kind of the mountains over here. And then you start getting these pieces that like click the whole thing together. Yeah. And fill you're, you're filling it in. You don't have the full picture yet, but you have a lot more of it. And yeah, I mean, here it's like, yeah, you're getting Shakira in the World Cup a couple of times. And you start, You're like, oh, wow, I've kind of seen her for a decade. I think at that time, it was like a decade or a little bit more than a decade. And, you know, she's like in her 30s and you're kind of like, well, yeah, still looks very good. She still looks very good today. But, you know, 30-ish, still seems young. Not 19, but still pretty young. And then, you know, you keep going, you keep going and you fill in more of that stuff. And you get more of a kind of comprehensive understanding. And then you start going, well shit, now she's like 45 or 46. I don't know what exactly, but like mid 40s. And you know, you're like, oh shit. Oh, sh-. I mean, on the control side, you're kind of, I mean, and again, like I'm putting more of this stuff together, getting a bigger picture. And you know, you're kind of, a little bit of it is like zooming out, but also filling in the details. So you're getting a better understanding of how the pieces go together. And then you're also kind of starting to understand a little bit more of like the parts that you're missing. But yeah, then you go back to Shakira and you're like, oh, well, shit, Yeah. she's about my age and she's not, I wouldn't say she's old now, but she's definitely no longer young. And you start thinking the same about yourself. There is an interesting thing where, um, this is kind of stupid, but you look at other people, like I look at classmates from grad school and undergrad I don't have that many contacts with undergrad classmates but to the extent that I do you know you look at them and you're like you start seeing their pictures and you're like, wow, that person's kind of getting older uh, doing the George Carlin thing where you're not not old, old er but you know, you start looking at it and you're like shit yeah at least you see that with other people. it's very hard to see it in yourself. Um, you do sometimes get glimpses of it, but with you with yourself there's much more of a continuity of it and then also there is this thing that your grandma tells you It's like you know I still feel the same way or my mom has told me the same thing you know still feel the same way internally in many ways as you did you know when you were a kid. Uh, hopefully you're not the same person exactly, but also the subjective experience of everything is not that different. And you know you're filling out this thing and you're like, You start getting, like, you see where you are. You have a a deeper understanding. And again, this is the thing that's nice about Shakira because keep seeing, like, these little snapshots. Like, there are a lot of people, like, um, I'm trying to think of a band that, uh, well, the Beastie Boys. Stupid one. Not the Beastie Boys. Are they the Beastie Boys? I'm, I'm not even, I think they are the Beastie Boys. You know, one of the guys is dead now. And he was in his 40s. Years ago, and you know, you start realizing how about in Vogue, all of the the people in In Vogue, they're all like in their fifties now, and you know, older than me. But you're also like, holy shit! I remember, I remember sitting in the cafeteria at uh, Corona del Sol, eating the uh, the fried bean burrito, which was my favorite lunch up until the point where I got a big long lunch lady hair in there. Um, in one of those, but in, with my favorite lunch at school, and I got this, and never gonna get it was on, and I'm just sitting there, and it's like you know, um, they were in, in my, even even there where I was like a freshman in high school, you know they're older than me, they're like in their twenties, but you kind of have the idea that they're pretty young, and now looking at them. They're still very attractive by the way, but they're now like in their fifties and you're like, oh, what the fuck? You know, it, it fucks with you is all I'm saying. It kind of fucks with you just to see that. It also, I mean, it's nice cause you also kind of get a bigger perspective of things, but um, it's interesting. It is also one reason why, and I, I, I even hesitate to say this. I have very little sympathy for um, Nancy Pelosi, not a fan of hers. A lot of criticism of hers or of her but but the thing that i really am bothered by about her not that bothered by the thing that i really kind of have a little bit of sympathy for not at all bothered by the kind the thing that i kind of have a little sympathy for about pelosi is just i do understand that you know you're in your 80s you've seen i mean you think about what she's seen in her lifetime and you do kind of get a sense that, even at my age, um, as shitty as all of this stuff is that's going on right now, um, COVID-19, Trump, um, all this fucking shit that's terrible and seems urgent and you know ter- just catastrophic, as awful as that is, you do understand that five years from now, which is not kind of a blink actually, short blink from now, um, all of this stuff by and large will be kind of under a layer of sediment. You know, it won't be like fully in the rear view mirror, uh, but you'll start to, you know, things will be kind of back to normal um, or some semblance of normal that's not, uh, the schools will be back, things will have progressed. Um, people will basically, you know, this will be largely behind us. And, you know, which is not to say that we don't have major problems and concerns ahead, but this stuff, the immediate stuff, uh, will largely be behind us. And so you'll look at that and you'll kind of go like, well, okay, I, I understand to some extent why Pelosi doesn't really find Trump that urgent. She's like, ah, I've seen people come and go, you know, this is gonna... The problem is, of course, I think part of that is that when you get, when you're an expert on something, and by being an expert, I include being someone who's politically successful over many, many decades. Um, To some extent, she's an expert on politics. And so she's developed expertise on the way things were. And it's hard to quite conceptualize that things have changed, you know? You understand this other stuff and then you get into this new domain and you try to apply what you've learned and it doesn't quite work. Yeah. You know, if you if you take all of that linear time invariant classical control theory and you try to apply it to nonlinear systems, it actually kind of works a little bit sometimes. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff where it will just not work at all. And you know, it it can give you insights, but there are some things that are just fundamentally different. And if you th- there are like ways to understand both but you have to understand that now you're in a different regime trump is a very different character than w as bad as w was trump is different um, what's scary to me is worse than trump could still be out there but you know the the way that she's approaching it is more like oh he's just like w or reagan or whoever not that big of a deal um so I, I do but i do understand i try to have some sympathy for her Should i have a little bit of empathy. Um, That being said, you know, not recognizing this kind of stuff. It's exactly why I've talked about this a bunch of times, but you have the generals early on in mechanized warfare, who just kept sending troops, just troop after like row after row of people, right into machine gun fire, right into, um, into the cannons, right into the tanks. They're just getting mowed down and somehow not learning. Like you, you'd think this was like an obvious lesson that you just pick up, but they're just, you can't quite blame them because they have had a lot of experience that tells them, yeah, this is how you do it. But at the same time, you're looking at them and you're like, this is not fucking working anymore. Like, dude, this is a different regime. And you have to understand that and adapt to it. And if you don't adapt to it, you're gonna kill countless people. And so I think Pelosi is that kind of general. So again, understand does not uh, does not excuse it. You know, uh, Kanye West. Since I, th- I think since the last one of these, he announced that he was going to run, and then withdrew that announcement yesterday. Um, and on one hand, I like, there's a part of me that wants to make fun of him. There's a part of me that wants to look on in horror, uh, and then there's a, a a part of me also where like I, I think the guy has untreated mental illness and. He's got a lot of people around him, kind of enabling him. Enabling sounds good, but it's one of those things also, where you know, I mean, when I say it sounds good, I mean if you if you're completely naive, sounds like a good thing. Oh, it's like oh, you're helping him get along. No, you're keeping him from getting the treatment that he needs. And so yeah, and especially like when you have somebody who's very wealthy, and very powerful, uh, it's very hard to go up against that person and actually you know say you know, hey buddy. Especially if, like, I kind of think he probably doesn't have any real friends. Um, and by a real friend, I mean the person that tells you you have spinach on your tooth. Um, I, I think, yeah, he needs that. And it's very sad, kind of, it's, it's like, uh, yeah. But anyway, all of that rambling aside, um, I'm trying to think, my time is already short and you can't see it, I have a list of things. I usually have like one or two Um, post-it notes and now I've got six of them which is a shit ton for me. So we got the the COVID, the sediment, uh, we've got the, um, here's one, buses and airplanes. I'm just going to touch on this very briefly but because I'm learning how to fly and I'm slowly, I had one landing yesterday, I did, I'm doing, I'm still doing touch and goes and kind of dialing in the landings, um, I had one landing yesterday, which really made me feel like I've kind of, I don't want to say I've got it, you know, because let's let's just preface this. I have like 10, 12 hours of flight time, you know, nowhere near mastery. But I've got kind of like the first pass of not complete incompetence of it, is what I mean by I've kind of got it. Um, you know, I've kind of got the ability to sort of take, uh, you know, the right, path down very gentle um, not over control it that's a a, an interesting problem and it goes back actually to the control theory very tempting to try to drive things really fast Uh, if you if you really have a good controller then the the tweaks will be subtle you know generally speaking now you might have times when you need like a really like scram the reactor kind of like oh shit, but mostly you wanna just kinda like do gentle little tweaks. So I had one landing where it was actually like, I'm gonna say pretty nice, Um, pretty nice. I still don't have the, um, so you come down, you kinda aim at the ground, you aim at your target, and then you roll out as you get there. Not very good at the rolling out. I'm premature at it, it's kinda my thing. I'm like, oh shit, the ground is coming you do that and then you land you either don't land or you land too far but you roll out and then as you're here you kind of pull back a little bit and you kill boy well, basically go to idle and you pull back a little bit but you have to be careful if you pull back too much you take off so you pull back up to the point ideally up to the point where you're going to take off but here you're just increasing your drag coming down slowing down and then you can keep pulling back and you sort of set yourself down. And if you do it right, you just gently come down and then you drop your uh, your nose gear. Kind of understand it conceptually, still have not ma- managed to master that part. Getting better at it though. Like if, if I was in a plane and I had to land it, I couldn't have said this like a week ago, I could get it down and I might do some, I might do a little bit of damage, but I could probably actually get it down and you know, maybe have a slightly rough, slightly hard landing, but nothing too terrible. Uh, And I can imagine another week or two, actually probably be okay with it. And in a year or two, I'll probably be pretty solid at it. But anyway, um, that was, with the, the aviation, one thing that that has made me kind of realize is there's a lot of stuff with the aviation, one thing that that's made me realize is that there's a lot of stuff where there's one incident and like something goes horribly wrong. People figure out what the root cause is and then they decide, hey, we're going to institute a policy which ensures that this never happens again. And so they'll have a policy and this will go into checklists and it goes into like regulations and such. And ideally, if you follow that procedure, you follow that policy, it doesn't happen again. So, like one thing which feels very kind of silly is before you start the prop open the window and you literally scream outside clear prop clear prop yeah or clear or whatever and this is because at some point in time somebody didn't clear it and somebody was too close and got chopped up by a prop and probably many many people unfortunately but you have that and you realize, okay, well, if you do this, I mean, part of it is also like, if you're doing that, you're at least aware of what you're doing. And even though the clear, like screaming, it probably doesn't help, looking around and having some awareness and going through that step probably does. So yeah, I, I've been annoyed by buses stopping at train tracks for a very long time. And it, it's always bothered me, but I, I do kind of, Kind of this morning, I had this realization, I mean, I, I knew this always, this is the thing you layer it over again and uh, yeah, you get a little bit more understanding. Obviously what happened, I mean, I always knew, obviously what happened is some bus didn't look and got hit by a train, people died, probably more than one. And so they instituted this as a policy, like you, if you're a bus, you have to stop, look and then go. And the thing about it is it's the same thing as aviation. They're trying to take this situation and ensure that this one problem never happens again. Um, I think it's a little bit of a weird way to do it, but it probably works. Um, I haven't looked at the statistics, but I would guess it's probably pretty effective. If anything, it's maybe overkill, but it's, yeah, because it's overkill, you're probably not stopping the bus looking and then going and then getting hit by a train. I'm guessing that doesn't happen very often. So it gave me a little bit more understanding and appreciation of that. Um, that was a, a thing I wanted uh, to talk about. Um, Hamilton came out on Disney+. Plus. Interesting thing about that to me is, like, when I, and this is, again, kind of the theme today seems to be, like, covering things multiple times and then getting different perspectives of it. I first heard about Hamilton, and, like, you know, you start hearing somebody talking about it, Uh, It might have been, might have been Adam Savage, it might have been, I can't think of the guy's name, Uh, John Hodgman, one of the two, I was listening to their podcast and they were talking about it, I think it was John Hodgman and then later Adam, but they're like obsessed with it, and they're like, wow, this is so amazing, and you kind of listen to them and you're like, okay, yeah, and then your mom is talking about it, and my mom and sister have seen it, I think, three or four times in... uh, in New York, in LA, um, they, they're they talking about it and you're like, okay, I get it, you like it, it's good. And then I finally saw it and I was I was kind of blown away. Like to me, I'm not saying it was great, I the best thing in the universe, but I watched it and despite all of the stuff which seemed like it was overhyped and overly, um, you know, it seemed like the kind of thing where people make it too much and then even if it's really good, you see it and you're like disappointed. It was actually like I was not only not disappointed, I was kind of impressed. So didn't have my expectations set too high for it. Thought it was really good. Comes out again on uh, Disney Plus and maybe it's the context of the time or uh, maybe it's just that people didn't point it out then but they're pointing it out now. It's a little problematic. Actually there are things about it where they're kind of glossing over slavery and they they do mention slavery but there's you know there's a lot of stuff where and it's kind of like uh, glorifying the uh, this American myth that I don't know about you. When I took history, I don't know how many fucking times we covered the American Revolution, like more than enough times to really paint it over and get like a decent understanding of it. But it was just like so much, like too much. Come on, guys. There's a lot of other history, and so yeah, you get that. And I have mixed feelings on it. I, like I still think it's very good. I think things are, I mean, obviously things in general are complicated. There are good things about it. There are bad things about it. Um, I think overall it's probably a net positive. And there is something to be said, especially if you understand that it's a myth. There's something to be said for having myths and ideals and sort of having this idea of what is the right thing to do. What is, um, you know, how should you act? How should you be? And maybe no one quite lives up to that. But it's nice to think of, it's nice to aspire to it. Yeah, you know, it was one of the things that I hated about W's administration because up to that point, um, you know, I, I'm not saying America was great by any means, don't want to imply that. But I at least had this idea that Americans were the good guys, or at least not that they always were the good guys. You know, you look at it, there are a lot of places in history, not the good guys at least aspired to be. That was our marketing, kind of. That was our self-image. And here, we're torturing people. We're putting them into a prison in Guantanamo Bay and we're sending them out to other countries for uh, other people to torture them. Pretty fucked up. And then we had no consequences for that. This is one thing. Whenever Trump and all of these people are out of power, I have this horrible fear that the Democrats will be like, oh, well now we're just gonna try to kiss and make up. Fuck that shit. These people, and I, I'm not, I'm actually kind of a prison abolitionist if I have to be like completely, you know, if you, if you pin me down, I don't believe in carceral punishment. But until we get there, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Ivanka Trump in prison. I wouldn't mind seeing Trump senior or all of these other people in prison. Um, it'd be nice to have a Jeep Pie, you know, like, fined into oblivion and then hopefully imprisoned as well. I hope they, I hope there are consequences. I fucking despise this thing where right now there's just lawlessness. And I mean, there's this people talk about cancel culture, make a huge fucking stink about it. And yet, all these people who are horrible people have regular lives. You know, I, the one that I always go back to is Harvey Weinstein up until like a month or two before he finally, you know, was incarcerated, this guy's at a fucking comedy club and a female comedian comes up and is talking about, a woman, I don't know what the right way to say that, a female female seems very weird, but a woman, comedian, or just a comedian, spend like 10 minutes talking about that rather than getting to it. But anyway, this comedian is talking about it, talking about him saying, hey, you know, hey, I see you have a rapist in here. And she got ejected. He's just kind of sitting there at his table, and things are fine. She's the one that faced the consequence. He's kind of like, nah, you know, living about living his life. As you talk about cancel culture, if this was a fucking thing, I mean, yeah. And I'm not saying I want the Scarlet Letter, but there's the Scarlet Letter, and then there's where we are, some place in between. You know, have some fucking shame, be embarrassed about stuff, have some consequences. Like if somebody's doing terrible stuff. It'd be nice if you couldn't go to a restaurant. Like, you're if you're somebody who's notorious and you do terrible stuff and then you go to a restaurant and you like, everybody's looking at you and you're like, ugh, look at that fucker there, That's a terrible person. That's, you know, it doesn't seem like that high of a bar. Like, I want something like that. You know, I want there to be real consequences. It'd be nice also, as long as we do have prisons and our justice system isn't fully reformed, to have these people like imprisoned. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of I think it's kind of a big deal. So my time is very very short now, and I'm just looking. Um, and I have so many of these things down here. I'm I'm not quite sure what to uh, what to end on. I'm gonna save a couple of these actually for um, for next time, just because you know, it's too much. But I'm gonna come back to Grant and this will be my kind of like uh, bow on the episode, so to speak. Um, And it's not that I had this particular affinity for him or, um, you know, I mean, I've always liked him and I always liked all the Mythbusters, but there's something where, you know, because I I listened to uh, Adam Savage and kind of follow him, you have a kind of like uh, secondhand uh, affinity for people or secondhand, not quite a relationship, but it's like a relationship with somebody else's you know tertiary relationship or whatever, and it it just really it it kind of gets to you at certain points and it also you yeah, know, I mean it does put life into perspective, but it's kind of a I don't know, it's a interesting and sad thing. I don't want to I don't have anything like a particular comment on that, but it just made me think of this Shakira thing, and you know you realize also like um, the thing about the Shakira thing is like, you go back and you remember, oh, well, I remember when my parents were my age. And then you think about the people that they, were, they had the same experience with and how old they are today. And it really, it fucks with you. It just fucks with you. And so, anyway, I think with that, uh, pretty much have to go. So, thank you very much. I will try to edit out some of those horrible parts and let's see if the fucking computer has crashed again. Um, maybe it will, maybe it won't as always, you know, before I know, um, kind of weird. So with that, thank you very much. Say Jen.